Hello, Coffin Bond listeners, and I am back in the chair after handing over the reins for a week to Tony and Paul, but I thought I'd get better give them a bit of guidance and come back and sit in. So, Tony, welcome me back. I, I welcome you back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I was devastated that you weren't around last Wednesday. I know. Absolutely I, devastated. I think Paul got excited, but we've, we've shifted back to me, and as, as normal with Paul, we'll get him in every now and then just for some cameo appearances, really. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Tony, today we're going to uh, talk about what a shift in attitude can do um, to change long-term results. Now, what we will do is sort of talk about a bit about life sense, but also talk about investments. But a big one we'll also touch on is just the way that we can change our clients in here. They sometimes come in with perceived um, perceptions and uh, they, you know, have one way of thinking and and we can change that to change their results as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... Um, that's more of an education process from our behalf. So we have to be true to our values and our and our beliefs. And if a client uh, doesn't want to invest in the way we do, based on our values and our long-term beliefs, uh, then you know they have a choice of not being a client, which is fine, obviously. Yep. But we are staunch uh, believers in what we do. We have a set process. And having that uh, set process eliminates the short-term noise and always looks at the long-term focus and the long-term results. And and we can touch on a few of those examples. Uh, you know, and I think the one of the best examples is Microsoft. You know, so versus and we've touched on the Australian uh, top ten index from the last twenty years really hasn't changed whatsoever. But if you look at the short-term noise, and the short-term noise can be both ways. You can have the uh, fear of missing out. I've got to get into the market, look how it's going. It's, it's you know, in a bull run. And then you can have the, um, oh, the market's crashed. I better put, go and put everything into cash. You know, so realistically what we do is we have our strategies. We have to take our emotion out of it at all time. And that's the education piece that we have to provide clients because you can have short-term uh, capital destruction by making the wrong moves and clients actually acting emotionally or investing emotionally on both, as I said, both the upside and the downside rather yeah. than taking that long-term 10-year view. And sometimes, I guess, clients can come in and they can feel that, oh, you know, I've done this, I've done it this way my entire life and oh, this way, and then it's like, well... Sort of why are you sitting? Why are you sitting here? And it is about going through that process with them. And it's amazing how many of them go, oh, well, that was a good decision to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's you know, I think for a lot of Australians, we are, as I've mentioned many times before, going into that intergenerational wealth transfer, where we've got sixty-year-old clients now who are getting an inheritance, uh, and in thirty years' time, when they're currently 30-year-old or 40-year-old children receiving inheritance, we're going to be talking a multitude of higher funds. But historically, what's happened in Australia is Australians actually pretty much haven't been investors, with the exception of buying property. Um, and super property, second property, third property. That's right. <laughs> but, all, but all of a sudden, superannuation has made everyone an investor, whether they actually know they're an investor or not. Um, but what they don't necessarily understand is the underlying investments that they're in and how those funds are managed and things like that. And as you know, I'm a big believer on transparency and there's nothing... Uh, well, we won't invest in a manager or a fund or an ETF uh, that doesn't have full transparency. 
Yep. So if you don't have that, we're not interested in, in using you because you need that full transparency. And we, and we use those tools through Morningstar and things like that to drill down into every holding that that asset has. Absolutely. I was looking at our um, high growth fund uh, oh, geez, yesterday uh, for a, a new client. And that high growth fund's asset allocation at the moment has less funds invested in the growth option uh, than what Unisuper's balanced fund has in the growth option so as i have always said we stay true to label as well balance to me is you know is 50 percent defensive 50 percent growth with a 10 percent variance either way depending yeah. on where markets are you know if markets come tumbling down we'll have no hesitation in using clients cash or defensive assets to buy assets that we like cheaper um, so that asset allocation can change but in saying that we always take good long-term views and a good long-term view is not going and having an 80% exposure uh, to growth assets, then not telling the client what the growth assets are, having unlisted assets sitting in there, having private equity, which is like venture capital, uh, sitting in there as well, and telling the client they're in a balanced fund. Because a client's perception of a balanced fund is taking pretty minimal risk. It's not taking high risk. Yep. Yes, even though their prospectus on page 427 says this is high risk, you know, it's uh, certainly not highlighted. I guess with that initial meeting that you have with clients and even through that fact-finding process leading up to the advice stage, and how do you change those attitudes and and, and educate the clients on looking at the long-term objectives and and changing them to the future? Yeah, it's taking emotional bias out of the decisions that are made. So um, as an example, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, passive investments outperform active investments and that's certainly uh, has been the case in a lot of uh, in a lot of areas recently after fees and charges so and we definitely even though we regard ourselves as an active manager an active custodian of our clients funds we certainly have passive investment exposure uh, so there's there's no doubting that our passive investment exposure you know which is a low fee option has done quite well but we marry that with some active and growth styled managers in there as well, once again with low fee structures. So it's not a case of, well, this is what this fund has done and this is how I've invested or we will only be index or we will only be active or we'll only be growth. For us, it's a case of what is the total return after fees and what's the risk to the client's capital uh, in the event of a downturn what is that risk to the, what are the buffers that the clients have and what is the risk to their capitals you know there's no use saying wow uh, markets are cheap you know they've just crashed i wish i had some cash to invest a balanced fund should have and this is the difference between being as far as i'm concerned a passive investor is just using your default superannuation fund being versus being with an active who will actually change that asset allocation depending on where the markets lie at that time and always having full as i said transparency but also liquidity so clients funds can't be locked away like what happened during the gfc yeah how is it when i guess clients of different ages come in and so we're looking at long term but i'm working on a client at the moment who we're putting annuities in for because you know over that long term let's let's even sell the short and long term short and medium term she's going to be well better off compared to her term deposits in regards to centrelink in regards to her monthly payments so how is that sort of changing with each sort of different age group and how does that conversation change? Um, I think it, realistically it still comes down to the individual's tolerance for risk. 
and somebody doesn't actually necessarily know or understand what their tolerance of risk is until you go through that education piece with them. And a tolerance for risk is um, how you react to short-term noise or short-term uh, volatility in your portfolio. So for example, if you were in a, uh, a balanced fund versus say a high growth fund and this, this time last year, 12 months ago, from September to December, the last quarter last year, the markets were behaving very badly. But they were behaving exactly how we said it was time for them to behave. We knew there was, they were going to slowly come down. And we knew at that stage we'll start allocating clients' funds to the markets when that actually occurred. In saying that, though, if you were in a balanced fund, you might have got a bit of a shock if you saw an 8% loss in your portfolio for that quarter. And if you then went and panicked uh, and you went to cash after that, you potentially missed out on that 4 or 5% return the following quarter. Now, our high growth fund during that quarter was down by around about negative 5%. Our high growth fund for the full 2018 was down negative half a percent. That following quarter, though, was up nearly 9%. Yep. Now, year to date, it's up about 19. Um, now, I'm not saying that the markets are volatile, but that's why our growth allocation is back down to 77% in that at the moment. So it really comes down to the education of the client, of showing them why we don't panic and we stick true to form because we always look at things where things are going to be 10 years out. And if you, if you gauge the Australian share market um, you know, prior to the GFC, and you're looking at it 10 years out, you wouldn't think that it would be at the exact same price. Um, now, if you look at the Australian share market at the bottom of the GFC, it's done well, it's doubled in value. But most people who have superannuation funds and who are over the age of 30 had substantial money in their super prior to the GFC occurring. So they might have seen their 100 turn to 50 and it's now back at 100. So for people like that, <laughs> You know, I guess they're, they're having those memories and those flashbacks and it would be hard for those Trauma, people. Jamie, I call it trauma. But yeah. that's in all areas of life, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so it's... Um, those it, trigger events for people. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's so many people get triggered for so many things. You know, just getting stuck in Melbourne traffic, you can get triggered by somebody cutting you off or not indicating or you're letting someone in, they don't wave and say thank you. That's, that's the one that kills us. That, that, bug, that bugs me. <laughs> so it's a, I've no issues letting people in when they indicate and tell me they're coming in, but yeah, at least have some uh, yeah. common manners there. Um, I'll get back to the topic though, Jamie. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think um, in relation to that, if, if you think of that baby elephant... Uh, you might you might know. I don't even think I've told you this. Oh, okay. so this, this is not going to be about eating an elephant, okay? So I think I told you. I think I said that one last week, didn't I? Will I? So it's um, you just turn off, do you? So it's. Uh, I think um, if you think of a baby elephant uh, when it's born and they put a chain around its um, its its foot, its leg, and that baby elephant tries to break that chain and it can't break that chain. And as it grows uh, older and bigger, that chain, that elephant could actually tear that off without any issues whatsoever. But it'd been trained all its life that it can't break that chain. So even though it's now a three ton elephant or whatever size they actually get to, the fact is it could eat that chain if it wanted to, but it's been programmed its entire life. Just don't bother, it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna work. 
And that's the same when it comes to investing. So a lot of people have irrational fears of investing because they actually don't know, uh, well, they don't know what they don't know, and they have a fear of loss. Uh, so it's all, it's like the gambler who only ever remembers its gains. And, you know, that, that's us when we have tips um, on the football, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, uh, well, you, <laughs> you can't remember any of your gains yet because you haven't had any. Okay, well, we'll get back to Tommy <laughs> again. So it's, um, I think the, I, so I think the key is, is that when you actually have that trauma or that perceived trauma, uh, it's, it's something that from a financial aspect, it's our job to help you understand what to do in times when markets come down or in times when there's exuberance in the market and people are flooding to it. And we say, yeah, I think we should be holding on to cash at the moment, you know, so I mean, we, we have a, um, a family client, a family office client that we look after, where the children um, are my age, so 50 and I think 55, I'm 57, and the parents are in their 80s. In saying that, you know, they're a very successful family. Dad came out as a growth risk profile as an investor. Um, and even though we've set that up for intergenerational wealth transfer, we still have to be very mindful of the fact that markets are high, we're in a low growth environment. And if we started chasing returns for him as an 80-something-year-old, 80, 80 something year old, uh, that could be detrimental to his short-term income requirements, him and uh, his wife's short-term income requirements, even though the kids have 35 years of investing ahead of them. Yeah. You know, or even more. Uh, so, and the grandkids. So realistically, what you're doing there is we're preserving the capital that he requires. The funds that we've put in the kids' names, though, are different. Uh, there's no annuities sitting in those. It's, it's fully invested as per their risk profiles. Um, so it, it's really, once again, that education of helping clients get over their own fears and actually, more importantly, them then understanding our processes. And sometimes our returns will be low because we're conservative in high markets. Sometimes our returns will be exceptional because the markets have crashed and our funds haven't yep. um, as a result. So we've got that preservation of capital there as well. But I think, once again, it comes down to us getting rid of that irrational fear because that irrational fear can erode wealth. You know, if you're looking at the funds every day and trying to pick them every day oh, yeah, and actually, trade on a daily basis, yeah. it, it'll send you insane. Well, we're having a laugh at that over the weekend. It's sort of, uh, you know, a lot of young people, once they first open their first share portfolio, they're checking it every 20 minutes just to say, oh, I'm losing money, I'm making money, I'm losing money. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't check it for those few months and you have a look back, you oh, okay. It's a lot more smoother than the daily rush that I'm going through. Absolutely, and it's um, I mean, it's when you haven't had the experience of 15 years or 20 years, or even some of our older clients who are coming into uh, retirement and who weren't clients of ours prior, they've actually got no experience of investing. But they might be coming to us with 500,000 or million dollars, but they've they've never invested. Yep. That million dollars is a result of them turning up to work and having a superannuation fund, or that million dollars is a result of uh, mum or dad passing away and the house has been sold and distributed amongst the kids and now got another 500 grand, or it's a result of them having bought a house and now becoming downsizers. So they've actually never been investors. They might have large sums of money, and that is fearful. You know, that is fearful for them. So the education process of, the, of them understanding what the ups and downs are 
when it comes to investment markets and how we are always looking at everything with a 10-year view. And that's what's so vitally important as well. Fantastic. Tony, thank you very much for today. I think we've covered off some good topics and especially the different you know stages of life and the way to look forward and the way that we invest in Coffin Bond. It's good to have you back in the show, Jamie. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> thank you.